In July of 1998, the Alpha Team members of STARS were sent to the Arclay Mountains of Raccoon City after the Bravo Team went missing after being sent there to investigate possible acts of cannibalism. The survivors soon found themselves wrapped up in a plot that includes bioterrorism, a little bit of cloning, and of course, lots and lots of zombies. We're talking about Resident Evil! What's up, everybody, and welcome to 3VO, where we're all on the same team. I'm your host for today, Jordan. And I'm your other host, Brendan. And if you're new here, we are just two big old nerds that love, 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 love video games so much that we just have to keep talking about it. So if you two share that same un slightly annoying passion for video games that we do, <laughs> this is definitely the place for you. Today we'll be going over a brief history of the timeline for the Resident Evil series. But before we get into all of that, Brendan, how are you, my friend? I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> It's we could almost skip the intro at this point and just be like, hey, we're tired. Anyway, and I know, on. <laughs> like, we don't have to exchange pleasantries. Just, I'm tired, you're tired? No, yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> always, always, always. Uh, so I just got back. I flew back from a business trip That's on right. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was out in Austin, Texas, which was actually a really great time. Um, mm. I didn't have to pay for like a single thing while I was out there. Nice, there you go. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I had a per diem that, for food and like Uber to take me anywhere and like it was, it was, it was pretty lit. Um, but I also feel like I didn't really get to see much of Austin just because I was like working. You're there for work, so you didn't get I to was, like, like there for work. Yeah, so I, I mean, I was like in the office, like mm -hmm. in the actual office, um, for like nine hours of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after work, there was work events, so yeah. there was like no, no real time to like do or see anything really I right feel. um monday night when we flew there was a storm in austin when we flew in yeah i remember you talking about yeah that. so it was a lot that was your flight into yes. texas flights got grounded <coughs> in austin so we were diverted to san antonio and then we had to wait in the plane for like an extra three hours before they could fly us back to austin it was a nightmare Jesus. so i got in super late but anyways um so yeah, so um, went to Austin. That was that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, I saw Hades Town also in the time. Did between. you really? I missed that. Yeah, oh my I god, that's awesome! It was so good. <clears throat> it's supposed to be an incredible play. It was astounding. Probably the best live show I've ever seen. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I would try to go see it if you can. The wife has been wanting to see because she because she picked up on it like. I think while it was still like an off-Broadway thing before it had made it before like, it was even Broadway before it was yeah. even a Broadway thing, it was a concept album. Yes, that was it. Yeah, yes. yeah. She she fell into it when, when it was just the concept album. Yep. She fell in love with that, mm -hmm. and then it was like a year or two later, she was just like, "It's on Broadway now." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh fuck, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This must be good." Mm -hmm. No, it's it's fantastic. Uh, the stage, incredible. The acting, the singing, incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they sounded better than the Broadway recording. To really? be honest. I feel like you, I, I often find that like when I go, when, when I have like the original Broadway cast recording and then mm -hmm. I go see like another version of it, like mm -hmm. the Pantages or something like that, mm -hmm. I often find there's people in it that like, I prefer to what the original was. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, oh, this person is better than the person on the recording. Like individual characters. I just have a hard time saying better because I'm just kind of like, it's it's just such a different oh. performance and take at a certain point. I understand like, what you're saying. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, like, I'm just like, obviously you have preferences on one. Now, when you yeah. say that, you're meaning like, this is what I prefer. But just, right, right, right. I, uh, I do not share that feeling. I have no qualms saying <laughs> that uh, our Orpheus was better than the Broadway recording. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, no, but it was fantastic. <clears throat> I also had... Um, Okay, so Friday I flew back from Austin, yes. right? And then this Saturday, so two days ago, I had um, a little one-night cabaret performance that I was a part of. Yeah, sorry, really I didn't get to go. Oh, no, 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 Not even a big deal. Like, um, like I said, it was a one-night cabaret But thing. still, that sounded fun, well, and I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that kind of shit. Well, I mean, I will always invite you, of course. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the end of the world. But, <laughs> um... That Being an really adult fun. is realizing sometimes people can't come. <laughs> like that's absolutely, especially especially to all your little theater things. Oh you know? god, yeah, 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 yeah. Not everybody can make it all the time. Um, but yeah, so we did that. It was like a benefit for the theater and stuff, so. which is really cool. Yeah, 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 it was really cool. Um, I sang, so it was a miscast. Yes. So we had the chance to sing kind of whatever we wanted, as mm -hmm. long as it was a role that we would never be cast as for like whatever mm -hmm. reason, like too tall, too short, yeah, too. 
male, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I sang See I'm Smiling from the last five years. Oh, yeah. God, that song is And great. I let those whores have it. There you go. <laughs> they, um, <clears throat> so they, we did the order, and I was, like, somewhere in the middle, and then, like, a couple days before, they were like, oh, we're going to do an intermission, we're going to do, like, a ten-minute break, and I closed out Act One. Nice. There you go. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> I remember at one point, ages and ages and ages ago, when there was a little, like, theater troupe that we had up at Crafton, mm-hmm. there was a, it never went anywhere, but there was a small discussion of doing something like that, because somebody introduced the Miscast Cabaret idea, mm-hmm. and it was just, and it's some, and it was decided by our friend, uh, Gina. That uh, that I would be that it would be great to watch me do uh, ladies who lunch from company. Oh my god, <laughs> I've never wanted anything more. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that would actually be really fun. <laughs> that would be a good one. Fantastic. And Company's just one of my favorite musicals, so oh. I'll always be down for it. Yeah. Also, that's what I that's still on my bucket list somewhere to do. Your nails match your drink. They do. Oh my god. <laughs> this is I got new polish in from 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 uh from uh uh, uh Holo Taco or or Holo Taco. Holo Taco. Holo Taco. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got like three new colors. Nice. One of them turns out Melly already had, but yeah, this is this Hi. is one of my new favorites. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, that's been me. I've just been busy and doing my my thing. Gotcha. You know, how about you? Oh boy, it's been it's been it's been a time yeah. for me. I somehow made it for throughout this entire realm of, of this pandemic that we're still kind of sort of in, I don't yeah. fucking even know, um, without ever catching COVID once, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that that I work in uh, the healthcare system. Right. Um, and I finally got COVID. Finally, finally got me. Yeah. And uh, man, that shit sucked. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Gotta it was tell you, it was not, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't the worst. I've known, I've heard stories from people who had it. Way fucking worse. Yeah. It was just the most like schizophrenic like illness I've ever mm. had. Just like it literally within like ten minute stretches of time, it would like switch between just being like an awful flu and then just a really bad cold. Oh. It was the most like back and forth I've ever oh. had with like any kind of illness and whatnot. Katy Perry, hot and cold. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. COVID's like Katy Perry. Uh, I'm I'm giving up the title for old man references on the podcast. That goes to you now. It's uh, at least like 20 years old at this point. Oh no, surely not. Katy Perry's hot and cold. You think that came out in 2002? I think it came out a long ass time. We're in 2020 right now, my friend. We're, We're gonna in look. 2022. Yep. See. <laughs> Let's look it up. Katy Perry. I love that we're derailing the yep. podcast to do We it. are. We absolutely are. Let's see. That didn't tell me. 2008. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was still a long ass time ago when it came out, all right? Okay. I, I had just graduated high school. That's all long ago that shit okay. was. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm old. I get yeah. it. <laughs> I'm older than you, so. You're right. <laughs> but other than that, it was just, I, I did get to finish, it did give me a lot of time at home, so I did get to finish mm-hmm. off the uh, the Arkham series mm. for the most part, yep. which is, oh yeah, that, that reminds me, I need my fucking soapbox real quick for this. Oh, here we go. <laughs> just because. Just no because, episode is complete without. No episode is complete without. Um. But, but this is the, I think, I'm not sure, but this might be one of the first times that my soapbox is directly video game related, though. Oh. Because I want to talk about something what real quick. <clears throat> Just, I don't know whose favorite part of a video game is collecting all of the random ass fucking collectibles, but you need to stop. <laughs> We're looking at you, Assassin's Creed. Looking at you, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> the Arkham games, Far Cry, like all of them, all these huge open world games, <laughs> especially, do not make it fucking storyline relevant that I have to get all your bullshit to complete to fully complete the fucking oh, game. you have to get them? Because one of the things that you have to do in Arkham City to get the full ending is to defeat all of the other villains in Arkham and you can't mm. do the Riddler until you do all of the puzzles and trophies and shits. Mm. Which is bullshit. You gotta want it. Gotta, I want it. I just don't want to go through all of that stuff. I literally was just Googling. I was like, fuck it. I'm a 33-year-old man. This That's part. fine. Can I just pay my way out of this? <laughs> Is there a way to just buy and say I completed all the trophies and whatnot and I'm done? Because mm. I just want to see what the full ending is like right. in the game. Right. I know I can look it up on YouTube, but I want it for myself. See, okay, so counterpoint. Sure. Counterpoint. If you don't put something of like significant story value behind getting all of those collectibles, mm-hmm. then what's the 
point or the payoff for the people that are going through all the trouble of getting all this which, which 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 I fully agree with, and there's a balance there because mm-hmm. the first Arkham game, but the first just um just just Batman Arkham Asylum uh-huh. has that, but it's much more easily not easily, but it feels much more attainable, just like from the outside looking in, and it's much clearer for like there's trophies hidden around there's there's like minor like riddles that you have to solve and then there's like character bio stuff that you got to pick up and look for and whatnot mm-hmm. but it's much more attainable as okay. like a gamer who has like okay. a job and shit to do you know what i mean and other stuff he wants and other games he wants to play other stuff he wants Fair. to do Fair. it just in that one it's much more attainable and i've done it every time i played it because it's still fun and a part of the game mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying, but it's just like there's a line. Be- there's a line there where That's it's just kind of like That's fair. it just even if it's plot relevant, it's still the annoyance of going through and finding everything is not worth it for it's not worth it at that's a certain fair. point to me no that's totally fair yeah i was just i was just taking the counterpoint oh for sure <laughs> and, 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 I, and i appreciate that always <laughs> so you've been playing arkham anything else you've been playing <clears throat> um had the thought for this episode because once you know what you're doing with some of the resident evil stuff it's you can actually get through it pretty quickly once you know what to do and i was just like i could burn through a couple of resident evil games tonight before we do the episode today completely forgot everything it's been eight hours in the first <laughs> resident evil game and i was just like i gotta get to sleep before oh I do the no fucking so, <laughs> nope never mind we just did one hey but that'll be okay. good enough for right now that's fine <laughs> that'll be good enough for today yeah other than that though yeah not a lot so I we picked up a new game that we yes 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 uh it's like brand new came out within the last like Two weeks. Yes. I think uh, it's called Cult of the Lamb. Have I've been heard? hearing so much about this, I have no idea what it is. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Okay, so it's like it's like the roguelite, um, like all the good roguelite components of like Dead Cell, I would say, <coughs> mm-hmm. and also a cozy sim put together. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? So, what? <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> so there you are. You wake up. You're a little lamb, and you're all shackled up. Uh-huh. And you have to, like, walk your way over to, like, this creepy area, and you're going to get sacrificed on, like, an old, like, whole thing. Very satanic, this I'm game. In. I'm in. 100% I'm in. <laughs> so, swing goes the axe, and you wake up, and you walk a little ways, and then you're, like, face-to-face with this god who's been, like, shackled somewhere. Okay. And he's like, yes, I'm bringing you back. You have to just create a cult for me. And work to release me again. Oh, uh, okay. And so then you wake back up. You're you are resurrected essentially. Yeah. Uh, and you kill all of the guys that were you know sacrificing you. And then you run through the woods. And then you find a little area. And you set up camp. And you start like indoctrinating followers. And <laughs> incredible. And it's cult of the lamb. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. It's so great. Um, it's one very cute mm. and two very satanic which yes. is like the two the perfect the perfect yes. mesh yes. ever yeah. perfect mesh ever yeah um so yeah so when you're at base you have to like take care of your followers you have to like make sure that they have like beds and uh food and like that they're like cleaning you know and th- things like that right mm. and then also you're going on these what are called crusades so you go into the woods and there are these there are these four um they're called the four heretics, mm-hmm. and they're like the gods that imprisoned the the big god that brought you back. So you have to Ooh. go into their realms and you know fight your way through different areas to get to them, so that you can kill them and and move on to the next. Okay, yeah, and because they each guard a chain that shackles the big god. Gotcha. So yeah, you defeat all of them, you release the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really cool, and there's a lot of like cool like other areas that you can go to, and like characters that you run into, um, a lot. So it's it's a really cool blend of like rogue like because like Dead Cells, when you go out on your crusade, you don't have anything, so you pick up a weapon and mm-hmm. you pick up a, a curse like a spell. Gotcha. Um, and then you fight your way through all of these different areas, and um, it's not it's not like a very expansive maze type thing, but you have options, you know, like mm-hmm. different like ways that you can go. Uh, to get through. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, no, it's really, really great. Okay. It's pretty buggy in some ways. Right. But there was a patch that came out within the last, like, four days, I want to say, that's fixed a lot of the big problems, and most of the problems are visual now. I, so, I, like, yeah, you know. I, I feel like that'll always happen, because, yeah. especially with something like this, because, like, I remember I heard absolutely 
nothing about this game until it hit and mm-hmm. streamers picked up on it. Yeah. And then it fucking blew up. Like, yeah. the same thing happened um, with... Oh god, what was the um, not not Among Us? Oh, uh, Fall Guys. Mm. Like that got released and everyone picked yeah. up on it. And and the and it's, it was a smaller company that made it, so they were just kind of like, sorry about the bugs. We weren't ready for this mass amount of people right. to just like jump into this thing. Yeah, and we're they totally, it, so totally could be. I think there may have been like um, a very small, like a much smaller amount of testing that did, was done on consoles because I think I understand that the PC version is a little better. Works a little um, bit better, but they're but they patched it already, so like. I got fixed right you away, know, so things, who cares? Things got patched, so, like, yeah. And it's really fun. And okay. so fucking funny at times. Brilliant. There's, I, so you've got to do, like, rituals to, like, keep the people yes. happy, you know, and whatever. And you got to feed them. And uh, so you can do a sermon every day, um, and you can do rituals, and some of your rituals are, like, uh, we dance around the bonfire, and then, like, their faith is increased, whatever. Okay. Um, but some of them are, like, we're going to kill somebody. Like, we're going to sacrifice somebody. <laughs> So you have to literally kill one of your followers. Oh my god. And you can get to a point where, like, if you're out in the crusade and you die, um, you can instead choose to kill one of your followers so that you can be resurrected. And come Fucking back. hell. It's great. You can oh marry a follower. Yeah. That's fun. Great. That's great. fun. And they get old and die. Okay. Um, and you have to, like, do, like, you have to take care of their bodies. Uh, <laughs> so you have to bury them. Or you can butcher them. Ooh. For their meat and their bones. Oh my god! It's so fucking fun. And you're just a cute dark. little. You're just a cute little lamb. Love it. Yeah, I love it so <laughs> much. Okay, gonna have to pick it up and Absol- try it out. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> sorry, just remembered that I did. I did play something else because oh. when I did my last stream, I I tried out a new game. I tried um as dusk falls. Tell me more. Um, it got released uh, pretty much immediately to Game Pass. I don't know the company, unfortunately, that made it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I caught wind of it when I was checking out all of the new releases when, like, Bethesda and Capcom are doing, like, their, um, whatever the fuck they call it now, where they do, where it's just, like, instead of, like, doing the big E3 thing now because of COVID and shit, they right. did, they, they did, oh, it was a big showcase of, like, yeah. here's all the stuff they got coming out. So, and I don't know if this is a Bethesda game, but I know it was in the same thing for, like, a bunch of Bethesda stuff, so I think it might be, like, a smaller company that's, like, adjacent to... Anyway, point being, um, very reminiscent of, like, a Telltale sort of, like... You, there's an overall story that you're following. You're not, like, third-person or first-person controlling everything the character does and whatnot. It's a lot of just kind of, like, what are you going to say? What are you going to do okay. here? How are you going to act? Sure. Like, that, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and you're and you're just uh, it, it jumps between characters, but the main story is you're just like this middle-aged white dude who's taking his family, uh, his wife, his daughter, and uh, the grandpa with them as well. They're moving like across halfway across the country, like from California to like Montana or something like that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and um, they uh, the car breaks down and they stop at this and they go to this little um, hotel and just like to see like hey we need a place to stay for the night. Is there a mechanic that you guys can get out here for us and whatnot? And while they're getting set up and doing that, uh, three guys with uh, with uh, with uh, bandanas on and guns <coughs> come in and tell everyone to get down and, or, and just like take over the hotel, basically, because they just robbed the sheriff in town. Oh <laughs> no! Yeah, and the sheriff is like corrupt, and there's just like a lot of levels to it. And it's I started playing because I was like, we're, we're gonna try this out for the stream. If it doesn't work out. I've, I've got other stuff, because st- I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on with Mass Effect and it not <sighs> working properly for yeah. the stream. Yeah. And I tested and I, and I tested this game and it worked, so I was just like, okay, we'll go with this for today. So weird. And I started off with, like, the animation style I'm still not a big fan of, because it's not like... It's more like you're... It's more like it's, it's not so much like a fluid animation, it's like you're catching, like... The camera's kind of going between, like, little snapshots of moments rather than following, like, a full animation track. Oh. You just have to see it for, for you to understand what oh. I mean. It's 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 weird to describe, but it's it's like you're getting frames of moments that tell a bigger story, essentially. Which is, at first, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang with this. So, like, I don't know if so I like, like this. comic panels, almost? Not quite. Like I said, it's really complicated to explain because some oh. stuff moves in action in the moment. But then the characters will kind of just like be like little snapshots of them, like as the moment goes on. So is it like uh, those like moments in Repo the Genetic Opera? No, again, that's a little oh, bit wow. more comic booky. It's yeah. it's hard to describe. I'll just have to show you a clip at some point, right. and you you'll, you'll understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it, it, and, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm about this aesthetic because like that's something that'll immediately pull me out of something. Is like if I can't vibe with the look of something, I just won't do it. Right. Um, 
but then fell into the story and fell into the character choices and the way that that mechanic works. And I was just like, this is, it is some of the most <coughs> emotionally intricate stuff I've seen in a game style like this. Mm. Like there were actual, like beyond just like the options where it's just like, it's you sitting there between a couple of choices and you're just kind of like, well, I wouldn't want to do either one of these things. Like, why isn't this doesn't feel right? It's, it really makes you feel caught in the moment of just being like, well, what the fuck do I do here? What's the best way to go up? Shit. And just like, yeah. And it also allows you to like follow the rabbit hole down in a certain sense in certain moments. Like there's a, and I love games like this because you get to break down really intimate moments. Like there's a conversation you have with your wife where you think she might be cheating on you mm. and you have very, very good reason to suspect it. And the game gives you the option to be like, you know what? We're moving soon. Let's not do this right now. Obviously, she's moving with me. It'll be fine. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Hmm. Or you could keep pushing. And it's just like, the way you keep pushing, it doesn't immediately make your character a dick for wanting to press more. Hmm. And it, and you could have a conclusion that is like, you guys kiss and make up and everything is good, but then there's also the option to be like, look, I'm going to forgive, forgive you, but I can't right now. Like, uh, I just, I can't right now. And I appreciate writing that does that. Yeah, It's a little bit more... It's one of the few times with a game like this where it's just like the characters have really, really felt real to me mm. in that sense. And I mm. really, really appreciate the effort that went into like making more complex choices in a game emotionally and having that conveyed through like a right. simple system. Like right. just pick a dialogue option essentially. So I'm really into it and it's 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 broke similarly, it's broken up into chapters and episodes. I did one through three on the last stream, and I think I just saw an update for it, so I think the next chapters are out now. So next stream that I do solo, I'm going to hopefully be continuing on nice. the adventure Venice. and seeing what the hell happens next. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Now that all of our pleasantries are out of the way, let's get into today. What are we talking about today, Brendan? We're talking about Resident Evil. We are. We're not going into specifics for one single game, and mm -hmm. we're not even going to be getting... Uh, it's not a deep dive into Resident Evil. Mm -hmm. I'm more I'm more on a sort of like lightly walk you through the timeline mm -hmm. of resident evil today but just like in terms of the time i, I want to clarify something really quickly here uh -huh. um so first of all i said this before we recorded but i want to make sure it's on camera i owe, i owe you an apology for all the shit i gave you from way 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 back when we did the zelda timeline episodes mm -hmm. that we did because i said some of this is unnecessary and convoluted and needlessly complicated and blah 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 um, this is some of the most unnecessary bullshit I've ever looked into <laughs> in terms of video games. It's fucking insanity. Mm -hmm. And this is, it, I'm talking shit. Resident Evil is still one of my favorite game series. It's still one of my favorite franchises in terms right. of video games. I love these games so mm -hmm. much. But goddamn, does it get lost in the fucking weeds for a while, man. Holy crap. <laughs> it... Going back into this reminded me of why, like, Resident Evil 7 or uh, Biohazard was sort of a reset for the series mm. while continuing the story along. Because uh -huh. they, they just clearly were kind of like, this isn't even a horror game anymore, so we need a reset in terms of, like, oh. tone and feel for uh -huh. the game. So that's why that that, that is uh. the way that it is. Uh. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of want to walk you through a little bit of the timeline here, but I don't sure. want to give too much away to you on this, because okay. I still think taking you through... We've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, we had a small discussion uh, before the podcast about how, like, these episodes for the podcast are really fun, where it's just sort of like one person sort of like is, in, is mm -hmm. sort of like taking the reins on the other person is sort of along for the ride yeah. and asking questions as we go yeah. along and whatnot. Yeah. I think this would be a good one to also do for the stream at some point. Yeah, sure. I think me walking you through Resident Evil a little bit would be a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to cover fucking everything no. in this episode. No, no, no. I'm not going to go through the whole time. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I'm sorry. It's hitting me now, just like how much I'm trying to accomplish in a day. <laughs> I mean, I did the whole Zelda timeline. You so. did. You did you did you did <laughs> here's the thing i'll say about that though and this is not a demeaning comment about that at all those games were designed for children <laughs> so there's an accessibility level that is assumed there no matter what whereas that. these are not <laughs> and i don't care what anybody says like i get that technically shit in the resident evil timeline dates back to the fucking 60s that is true <laughs> Okay. Um, not going to be going into that too much today, um, but it does, and I understand that. However, they were figuring shit out as they fucking went along, and you cannot convince me otherwise. <laughs> shit gets too muddled in the middle of all of this for the for it not to be. There's no way that this was the plan out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's no way because if it was, someone is a lunatic at Capcom who was in charge of the overall story of this thing. 
Oh my god. So, let's just jump in and start at what was, uh, what is technically not the beginning of this mm-hmm. series, but was the first initial release. And also, I want to clarify real quickly here, everything I'm talking about, it is going to be, it is going to be starting with the remakes that have been done so far, so... Um, I will be starting with the first Resident Evil, but the remake remastered version of it, and then the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes subsequently. Everything else is by release as far as it goes. And I'm also only covering the like the numbered games, like the main title games. Um, for this one, I'm not doing Survivor, Code Veronica, or any of the other like offshoot stuff, because with the exception of stuff like Code Veronica, most of that is sort of a contained story on its own and doesn't fully... Um, get involved in the overall plot that is Resident Evil. So I'm not going to be talking about some of the side stuff, just the main titles that are canon officially in the plot and are still important to the overall story of Resident Evil. So starting off, as I mentioned in the intro, and the first Resident Evil game, uh, you play as either Chris Redfield or Joe Valentine, who are a part of the Alpha Team for uh, Stars, which stands for uh, uh, Special Tactics and Rescue Services. And I know it doesn't actually make sense for an acronym. You don't include "and" in your acronym, but they wanted "stars" you to can. work, so they made it. You normally, can. you don't, though. Normally, you don't. Normally, you don't. No, not normally. It's kind of one of those things. Like <coughs> we can or we can't. I know it's not like an official rule, but like better, typically, yeah. typically, that's you don't include that in the overall thing. Eh. But they wanted "stars" to work, so they did. Yeah. Um, and you are sent into the Arclay Mountains, um, which is which is a deep forest, in, which is part of the which is part of the Raccoon City Forest, deep in the woods there. Uh, and you're sent there because your Bravo team was sent there out initially to investigate possible acts of cannibalism happening. Hikers and families up there have been found with just like their guts ripped out and their bodies ripped apart of, and whatnot. And when you go out there, you discover that their helicopter has crash landed. There's bodies everywhere. And then you're immediately attacked by zombie dogs. Okay. And the only thing you could do is run away. And the first place you go to is just this big, creepy-ass old mansion in the middle of the woods. Um... And no matter what who you play, one of your team members goes missing. If you play as Jill, um, Chris goes missing, and, you, and your initial quest is set off to go and try to find him. Um, if you play as Chris, another team member named Barry goes missing, and you're sent off to try to go find him. Um, also, for clarification, there's timeline. There's different timelines that kind of happen in Resident Evil, but it's it's not as split as like Zelda is, where it's like, well, there's. The, there's like, you know, there's the young Link and old Link, blah, 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 timelines or whatever the hell it was. It's like, this there is like, this this is the main canon timeline that we're following. Uh-huh. And then there's like another one that happens in the game that, is, that sort of stops there at a certain point. Got it. Um, the, so so what, what is commonly known canonically as the main timeline is the one that follows the character of Jill Valentine. Okay. Um, and so you go off as her. You can't find Chris, but you immediately discover that there are zombies in this place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like a quest to try to uncover what the hell happened here. How were there zombies? What does this place have to do with everything else that's happening around you? And it's just... Um, I don't know if it was the first, because I'm sure other games came before it. But it is often referred to as sort of like the grandfather of the survival horror genre. Mm-hmm. Because it is the most... It is the most survival horror game that I think to this day that you could still play. I'm talking, and I am talking about the original Resident Evil, because everything is so boxed in and contained at a certain point that it's just like your your mechanics are incredibly limited. Your 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 viewpoint is literally like camera angles that you would see like in movies. Like as you walk down hallways, that's the angle you're watching your character walk into, and then as you go by, it switches to watch them run past. Oh, so it very much limits your. It is entirely designed to be like, how do we make this? as claustrophobic and scary as we possibly can for players. Interesting. I didn't know that Resident Evil did that first. I don't know Maybe. if... I really don't know if it was first, but it was definitely one of the first ones that did it and did it in a way that was accessible and popular to people. Because when I think of that, as particularly with the like changing camera angles, the camera that you can't control, I think of Silent Hill. Yes. Silent Hill also definitely did that. Yeah. It does it incredibly well. I don't have enough knowledge to go into Silent Hill. I've well, yeah, and that's not what we're here for. So but... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so give me a snapshot of like what are the mechanics. Like what is taking you through this game? Because I don't know a thing mm-hmm. about it. You know, do you have a gun? Can you just run and hide? Like what's the, what's the zhuzh? You do have a gun, but it's not like... Trying to think of another example. It's 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 sort of a mix between something like Outlast and like a Left 4 Dead, 
where it's it, it's it's like you you can you can shoot things you can kill things, um, but that's not always necessarily the best option because one of the mechanics within it is is very very limited ammo capacity mm. and very very limited resources and that includes your health items, mm. so. The idea is to try to... There's achievements for it of just like making it through the game without killing anything or just using your knife or without using any ammo. Um, so the main focus of the game is <coughs> to only use your weapon when you absolutely need to because otherwise you're going to screw yourself over later sure. on. And um, it uses something called uh, commonly referred to as tank mechanics where it's like the way... And it's much more... The, the remake does a better job of, of making it a bit easier to sort of navigate through it. But it, it, it is, the original version of it is literally just kind of like, your character is sort of like, has very limited movement in terms of like, you can go forward, and then you can turn, and then you could go forward again. And then you could turn, and then you could go forward again. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't quite translate now, like now it's a little more like, it's a little bit more free in terms of like how sure. you can navigate. But it still very much limits like how much movement your character has. In any given moment, and everything is very tight. Like you're walking through hallways, mm-hmm. like you're you're in a forest that is like very condensed. So it, it it is all there to make this feel of just like this like claustrophobic, very fearful environment yeah. of like, yeah, you're not dealing with like hundreds of zombies at a time like you might in like a Left 4 Dead game or World War Z or Back for Blood or something like that. You're you're but <clears throat> to me, there's something much more scary about going into a room and being like, okay, there's three zombies in here. I have six bullets. Right. How do I get through here without dying? Right. With these limited controls and camera angles and with that, I'm just like doing my best to try to navigate through it a lot. Uh-huh. It makes you think a lot more yeah. than, than than like a normal shooter would. Mm-hmm. Even compared to the remakes now that go full third person shooter. Like it's, mm-hmm. I still go back to the original because I love that mechanic of like forcing me to, to go into a room and be like, okay, how do I duck around these guys without getting hurt? Because you can't even like bob and weave. Like there's no like mechanic, like the, there's not even a duck mechanic. Yikes. Yeah, it's literally just like, how do I get around shit? How do I move? How do I do that? Like, it's... Yeah. So how does like that, that work with, like, aiming your gun? Because that's kind of hard for me to imagine as a person who hasn't played a game like this. Yeah. Uh, the best I can describe it is sort of like point and pray. It's a little, like, it's a little, like, that there is an auto game... There, there, sorry, there's an auto aim mechanic to it that you sort of rely on. Okay. But there's no... There's really not a lot of, like, specificity for, like, where you're aiming. So it's like, obviously, zombie... And as, as it is in the game as well, first thing is just like, well, shoot them in the fucking head. Blow their head off. They're right. dead. They're gone. But especially with the handgun, you don't really have a lot of control over that. With the shotgun, you can kind of cheat a little bit. Where they get closer, you can aim up and you might blow their heads off. But even then, it's kind of a crapshoot and depends on how the game decides it wants to recognize the hits. Mm. So it makes that a little bit more complicated. Which, in the remake, introduced they introduced a really, really, really fun thing and I say fun in the most sadistic way that I could possibly be fun. Because it does a thing where um, if you don't blow a zombie's head off, you can still kill it. And it will technically still die. Um, however, if you just leave it as is with its body intact and you go running around doing other shit, if you come back later, that thing might get back up and it will now sprout huge claws out of its arms, uh. and now it can run and come after you. Because uh. it's transformed to something now called a crimson head. Yikes. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things where it's just, it's just like, you may think it's dead, it could still be a problem for you later on, which is something that I find fucking horrifying in yeah, the game. Yeah, that is horrifying. So I had a deep paranoia. So that it also introduces the mechanic where you can take a lighter and a thing of like a lighter fluid, and you could burn the bodies, and that will permanently get rid of it sure <clears throat> so there's a lot of paranoid running around looking for kerosene canisters trying to be like where the fuck do i go right. oh god i just shot this thing and now it's gonna get back up later i gotta make sure i can take care of it now because i because i need to come back to this room it also does a really fun cool old school thing too of just kind of like memorizing your map and where things are also helps out a lot too because you could look at something like that and go okay i didn't kill this thing all the way However, I don't need to come back here again, so I'm not uh-huh. going to waste the fuel on this thing. Mm. So I'm just going to keep going. But they can also come in through doors sometimes. <laughs> oh. So even if you leave and you're like, I'm uh. fine. If it's adjacent to another hallway you got to go through, that thing might come back out and still fuck your day up. <laughs> Which is really, really fucking mean for it to do. So game one sounds really, really scary. It uh, is. Very scary. Still terrifying. What's the resolution then at the end of the first game? Like what is found out? So the main thing that goes into it, and this is where, this is another one that 
as we discussed in, in our last Death for the Casuals episode, that if we could get, if I could get the, I realize now if I get the mind wipe on Resident Evil and play through it again for the first time, I would mm-hmm. love to do that. Yeah. Um, because one of the cool things about it is that when you jump into it, at first you think it's this, it's similar to something like Outlast where you think like, oh, go something supernatural, something spooky. Cause you're dealing with like zombies and dogs that are like right. half eaten and destroyed and there's giant snakes and giant spiders. So it's all like sort of old school haunted house shit to a certain point, Right. right? Um, very House on Haunted Hill, I, w- I would say, is sort of like what I would akin it to. Um, but as you go along and you discover more to it, there's a there's a more sci-fi approach that's happening right. there. And that there's also a secret lab that's underneath mm-hmm. the mansion that you're running around through. Mm-hmm. And so the resolution that you find is that you were, your team, both of your teams were actually part of an overall plot to collect data on what was happening there. Because like the, the, the breakout of... The zombies through this virus called the T virus that this company Umbrella is developing. Mm-hmm. The breakout was accidental, but right. like all evil giant corporations, they went, well, let's capitalize on this a bit. Right. Um, we have an agent, a secret agent that is involved in the local police department, specifically with the team stars. Um, and he can send people in and he can oversee collecting the data and seeing what's going on. Um, and we'll even send him in as part of the next team that goes in to. Um, collect the data as needed, take back anything that, that 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 they need for further research, and then blow up the facility and act like nothing ever fucking happened up mm-hmm. here. And the entire team of stars will be dead by the time he's done, and we'll be good to go. Um, you find out at the end of the game that that person who has been on your team the whole time is a guy named Albert Wesker. He's a, he's, he's a through-line villain throughout pretty much the entire series. Um, uh, betrays you at the end, is collecting the data and whatnot, but you also find out that he's planning on taking some of this, the umbrella secrets and selling them to somebody else. Uh, so this is where the where the well, right. I didn't say it now because I deleted it from the beginning because I couldn't say it. But this is where the corporate espionage angle comes out. Of course, I say it now. You <laughs> say it nail now. it now, motherfucker. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but in the final resolution, he releases this uh, creature called the Tyrants, which is what the T virus stands for. It's it's the tyrant variation of this one virus that they've been working mm. on. Um, it comes out, you think it kills him. Like I said, he comes back later, so obviously it doesn't. Um, and then you just have a big shootout fight on the roof with this thing, and then you blow it up and you leave as the entire facility goes kaboom. kaboom. And now uh, yourself, if you do, the uh, going off of the the canon story as it is, right. um, yourself, uh, Joe Valentine, Chris Redfield, and then uh, Barry Burton are the only surviving members of the team, besides from Brad Vickers, who's flying the helicopter. Um, and essentially you guys all decide like, okay, we're going to be going into this corporation called Umbrella. We're going to, tr- we're going to try to expose them and everything they've been doing up here because the next games, uh, discuss how there was just like a deep plot to like bury what happened up there. Pretend like nothing ever happened. Umbrella had no involvement. Da, 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 da. So that's where, and that's where it's sort of like the kickoff point is for okay. like, everything else that happens there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Fun. Does it make sense so far to you? Yeah, so far I'm like with it. Yeah. Okay, good. Because this... oh no, <laughs> well it kind of it gets it's not super complicated yet. It gets a little complicated. This is just where the timeline thing kind of jumps in because oh, now because now we kind of have to discuss Resident Evil two and three simultaneously. Okay. Because they are happening around the same time, and there's 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 timeline videos online that break this down way better than I'm going to. I'm going to kind of go over. One game, and then the other game. I know that shit lines up differently in the actual timeline of things, but it's just for the sake of making it easier. This right. is how I'm going to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. So now we go to Resident Evil 2. And again, I'm covering the remake here, the one that just came out recently, which is a great game, and I highly recommend people to check it out. Um, so in Resident Evil 2, uh, similarly, to one, similarly to 1, you follow one of two characters, either Leon Kennedy or Claire Redfield. Um, if you follow Leon Kennedy's story... Uh, he is there, and this is this is one where it's like everything kind of is canon to a certain point. The way you play it kind of makes it a little muddled, but in terms of like the events that happen in the game, everything that happens to each character is considered canon for like the rest of the story. And whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, um, but if you're Leon, uh, you have just been hired by the local police department, um, RPD, and you're literally going in to start your first day um, at, at the local precinct. If you're Claire. You found out about you kind of found out about the fucked up shit that happened mm. previously in the mountains in the manor uh, with your brother Chris, and now you're gonna and but now you're trying to look for Chris to make sure that he's okay. Mm. 
because that happened and he kind of disappeared to go look into more shit for uh, for for all for some of the shady stuff that happens with umbrella so he's just gone and now you're going to the last place that claire knew that he was mm. to look for him um you arrive in raccoon city sort of at the worst point of uh, of a, of a viral out- a zombie viral outbreak happening yeah and it's it's a little it's a little icky to kind of play it now like in the middle of covid shit now because it like it starts off as like there's just a massive wave of influenza that's hitting raccoon city and people are getting more and more sick no one knows what's happening the media is trying to act like everything's cool and fine um, and it turns out that there's people like in the mayor's office and the police department who are in bed with this corporation umbrella and they're helping them try to cover shit up and whatnot. And then just like literally within a day, it's just like the people who were sick turn, start attacking people. And it's just a massive outbreak from right. then on. Um, and it's as Leon, you arrive in the city with Claire cause you guys meet up and then immediately get separated after a car crash. And then it's as Leon, you're trying to track your way through uh, uh, the uh, the police department and make your way out of it into the city to sort of like figure out what the hell happened, who can I help, who can I save? Like it's it's a very fairly straightforward in, in that way of just a, it, it is a survival horror game where it's just like you are one trying to get out and two just trying to figure out what the fuck happened here. Right. And similar thing, there underground lab facilities, secret experiments going on. Um, you fight a creature that is just like a very humanoid. But it's got like a giant eyeball in its shoulder. Yeah. And every time you fight it, it gets more and more and more mutated and more and more grotesque. Um, but the main thing, to, to the selling point to me, especially for the remake Frozen Evil 2, is a very interesting mechanic that I can't believe I haven't seen until now. Um, at least in like a mainstream survival horror game. Is that the other thing you have to deal with is this creature named Mr. X. Which is, on a surface level, he just looks like a dude who is like... Six foot eight, um, pale gray skin. He wears like a fedora top hat, and he's got like a big black trench coat and big gloves on. And Slenderman. S- well, Slenderman if he took steroids. Oh, oh, like 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 say they made another Slenderman movie, and they were like, you know who make a great Slenderman? The Rock. <laughs> like that's more the vibe of what this guy has. It's like a very jacked Slenderman. <laughs> jacked man. Jacked man. Mm. <laughs> that's a. Um, like, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> it's a whole other thing, my friend. Swole man. Yeah, that's a little better, but still gross. Ripped man. They still, okay, that's, I mean, sure. Yoked man. Just, he has a name, and his name is Mr. X. I don't know why we're trying to give him a new title. He has a name. <laughs> but the thing about this character that's interesting as far as like an enemy in the game is that, one, you can't kill him. Mm. Like, you just can't kill him. You could stun him for a little bit. Um, but that's the best you can do until the very, very end of the game, obviously. Um... But once he appears in the game, he is constantly after you. And he could pop oh. in anywhere at pretty much any fucking time. Like I said, like there's safe rooms you could jump into where he just like as the mechanic you can't go in there. Uh-huh. Um, but like, yeah, there's no like there's no set game path or like cinematics that he there's some, but like there's no like set cinematics that he has to be activated for mm. for him to come after you. Like you could just be walking around and then just like in an area that you were just in where you didn't see him, all of a sudden this dude will just like open a door and crouch in and just start walking at oh. you like very Michael Myers style. Michael Myers style. Yeah. Just like that like fast walk, but like he is just there to fuck Ooh. you up. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it is that. Like how I'm describing it and how you feel, playing it is a whole other I'm fucking sure. level of dealing with that shit. And it's, Man. oh, it's so rough, but I love it. I love it at the end of the day. <laughs> And, and, of course, you have all the, the similar shit where it's, like, you introduce um, that there may or may not be another corporation that is looking for Umbrella Secrets through uh, the, through this character named Ada Wong, who gets introduced, who's a big fan fucking favorite. I love Ada as well. She's a great character. Very complex and interesting. Because um, she first gets introduced as an FBI agent in the game, there to try to, like, uncover the secrets of Umbrella as well, and da-da-da-da-da. Um, find out later on she's a mercenary that got hired by this other company who wants to steal Umbrella Secrets because they also want to make bioweapons uh, to try to sell to, to try to sell to the government and use and blah 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 right. blah. So it's this is where so don't trust anybody. Is don't trust right? pretty much in the, in Resident Evil. Trust almost 
No one. Nobody. Unless they have a very tragic backstory. <laughs> then you can okay. trust them. Okay. If, if they're me, it's kind of like, Umbrella killed my sister, or my dad was a scientist and he died, like, or blah, 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 blah. Then you can trust them. But other than that, yeah, trust absolutely nobody in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also where the gears switch mechanically. Well, time, well overall timeline-wise, it already happened. But, like, this is also a switch from one to the remake to one to the remake of two. Because two, they go with just, like, over-the-shoulder, third-person shooter mechanic. But for two and, for two and three in particular, what is impressive to me about it is their ability to still make it very terrifying and keep that, like, that claustrophobic feeling mm-hmm. of, like, you're still in very tight hallways. Right. It's still very much like, okay, I'm in a room, there's four zombies, how do I get what I need and possibly get out without having to fire a bullet or use any of my health stuff or without interacting with these fuckers at all. Also, keeping in mind that there may or may not be just a six foot eight Dwayne the Rock Johnson looking asshole just constantly fucking gunning for your ass. Right. Um, and it's it's one of it, the, the remake, especially, is one of my favorites in the series. Now I've played it a dozen fucking times at this point. Nice. Yeah. So then, what is the sort of resolution or what comes out in uh, number two? Yeah. So. Um, just as a heads up, if you're unfamiliar with Resident Evil, which you are, so this is for you and some audience members, um, the resolution for a lot of the games, particularly the main title games, is going to be building blows up, shoot the bad guy with a rocket. <laughs> huh. Cool. So as you go through the game, you find out that what happened was that another scientist working for Umbra, and this is this is for both of the for, for both of the campaigns, whether you're Leon or Claire. So this works all around. Um, was that another scientist working for Umbrella named William Birkin was planning on taking what is now referred to as the G-Virus, which is an, a sort of... There's so much shit that happens with the viruses in this game series. Um, but too long, didn't read. Um, the G-Virus is just an updated version of the T-Virus. That where, 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 where the T-Virus um, reanimated dead flesh, but just sort of as it was. Um, the G-Virus, if it infects the right person, can actually help restore and regrow... Um, the dead cells that are damaged or hurt as you go along. It doesn't let you die. And then, it, like I said, with like the giant eyeball on the shoulder and whatnot, every time you fight um, anything that is infected by the G-Virus in this fashion, it constantly changes and regrows. and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and so this guy, William Birkin, was going to take the virus and try to sell it off to somebody else and leave Umbrella. Umbrella found out about it, sent their own security team in to kill him. Before he dies, he infects himself with the G-Virus, turns into this weird thing with the giant eyeball on his shoulder, and also accidentally lets a bunch of the G-Virus leak into the city's water supply. Oh, no. Which infects the city. Yeah. To which, again, Umbrella being the corporate assholes that they are, they went, well, let's get some data out of this at least. So is that in addition to the outbreak that happened, or is that the outbreak that we saw at the beginning of the game? Um, that is the outbreak that we saw at the beginning of the game. Okay, sorry, so, sorry, yes. So it's you. an outbreak of the G-Virus. Yes, yes okay. it's an outbreak of the G-Virus, which is a subset of the T-Virus. And like I said, it all gets okay. kind of yeah. muddled there. Sure. But it's weird because on most people it infects, it still does the same thing as the T-Virus and just turns you into a zombie after you die. Uh-huh. But on certain select, it gets into like certain types of genomes and DNA and stuff like that. Oh, and it gets muddled sure. and complicated and right. da, 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 da. It's like every one in a hundred people yeah. become a super zombie, well, right? Well, well Interesting point of fact there is like part of the part of what William Birkin, the scientist, was originally brought into Umbrella for was that they thought fi- they found out that ten percent of the population was just automatically immune to the original T virus, mm-hmm. and he was originally brought in to um, make sure that that didn't happen. <laughs> it, it kind of goes into a whole like conspiracy theory thought of like how do you sell a cure with no disease? Mm. And so it's like, Umbrella, sorry, this is, I'm all over the place, I'm sorry. But um, Umbrella's big cover is that they're a pharmaceutical company. Um, but the, but their main goal is to create bioweapons to sell to different governments and militaries and blah, 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 blah. Right. But part of their thing with that too is, is that it's like they discover this thing they can make called the T-virus that reanimates dead bodies and dead flesh and blah, 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 blah. And so part of the way you sell your cure for that is to say, well, it infects everybody, so we have so to get rid of that ten percent, which would be billions and billions of people still on the planet. You want to be able to sell that to as many people as you possibly can. So, if you create a virus that infects everybody, no matter what, you can sell your cure a lot a lot easier. Yeah, arguably, arguably. That's sort of like a very very subset part of the plot. Like it doesn't even come in in a major way. But part of it too is that Mister X, the big guy I was talking about, he is sent in by Umbrella to be like, well. 
Let's test some of our bigger, more successful bioweapons, like Mr. X. Send him in, drop him in, in the police department, see how much damage he could do. We'll take that data and collect it, and we'll, and we'll use it for ourselves, basically. Because they're still thinking, like, we can cover this up. We can, we've still got the media on our side. We've still got people in the government on our side. We can get through this and we can cover it up. We've covered up one... We've already covered up covered one up giant, one awful, giant disgusting fucking thing. Up, like, we yeah. could do it again. Um, <laughs> but in the middle of you running around finding all this stuff out, you realize that the government does know what's happening in Raccoon City. And their decision is to go like, fuck it, scuttle the ship. And they're literally going to launch a nuke and just destroy the entire city. Mm. So your other thing now is like, we just need to get the fuck out, out of Raccoon of City. Wow. And, just, and now it's you and Claire and um, uh, William Birkin's daughter, Sherry Birkin, trying to make their escape out of this city now. Because part of the plot, too, is that William Birkin is looking for his daughter. Not in, like, a nice paternal way. Like, there's still some humanity left in him. Mm. It's because um, now that he has turned into this horrible creature, his main goal is to um, um, uh, uh, make the virus spread and mutate. And because they have similar genes to each other, she's the next best host to infect the G-virus with to make another bioweapon happen, basically. Yeah, it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's fucked up and really, really dark. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And so, <laughs> big climax of the game. The reveal happens with Ada Wong. Um, you think that she dies because she gets shot by one of the remaining scientists who knows that she's a mercenary. Um, she falls in. You get, on, you get on, like, an underground train that is there from Umbrella that is there for, like, if shit completely hits the fan, people from Umbrella can get the fuck out of Dodge, basically. Mm-hmm. Um Hop on there, you have one final fight with William Birkin, who is just now literally like the final fight with William Birkin. He takes up like the entire like subway tunnel as he chases you out in the train. Yeah. And it's just like a big mess of like flesh and eyeballs. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's this, oh yeah, the creatures and monsters in Resident Evil are some of the most disturbing and disgusting looking things mm-hmm. I've ever fucking seen. Anything with like multiple eyeballs in places where eyeballs should not Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be is so like, uh, it's so icky feeling, it's so weird yeah. and gross. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he slowly turns into. Yeah. But, th- but also like, that's his weak point, so it's like plenty of shots to like take. You oh, know, at sure, that point. obviously. Obviously, the eyeball is the weak spot. Yeah, and then as Leon, you have your final confrontation with Mr. X, which is in classic RE fashion. You're sitting there just and you and you first think like, okay, I'm just trying to survive because you're on a huge elevator going down to the train and you're just kind of like, okay, now I just have to survive and get around this motherfucker and just try to survive till I get down there. And then just like, and then as you're sitting there, you hear, you basically hear, hey, and then a rocket launcher falls next to your feet and you just kind of go ah! and blow him the fuck up. Nice. And it turns out it was Ada who was not dead now. Mm. Um, she had faked her death essentially and is, and did one last thing to try to help you before she also got the fuck out of Dodge. Because now she has what she needs, and so she's going to bounce. Then you get on the train with uh, Claire and uh, Sherry Birkin. You make your way out of the city right as the new kits, and then kaboom, and it blows the fuck up. And and once again, it's buried. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that happens. And once again, you vow to take down Umbrella. Right. (laughs) Like, it happens pretty much at the end of almost every game. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so then, do you want to get into the third one that happens simultaneously with two? Yeah, let's go ahead and go. Let's let's go ahead and let's go ahead and go into three now. All right. So with three, it is you are you only have the option for one character because okay. now you're playing as uh, Jill Valentine, who was one of the ones from the from original the first one, yeah. from the first one. Yeah, um, she's now the been, canonically. Yeah, the, 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 uh, this is the yeah. This is what yeah. well, this is when we say that this is the canon timeline because right. this is everything involved that happened with Jill from the first one is sort of into play in this one now. Okay. So um, if you play as Chris in the first one, Barry is dead. Hmm. Like one of the characters, Barry is dead as a part of the plot. In this timeline, Barry's still alive. Oh, okay. Um, so that's that's like that's like one of the little splits that kind of happens sure. here. Um, you're in Raccoon City. You are planning on leaving because you got fired from the police department for very openly talking about like Umbrella's involve, involvement in the Arklay Mountains and the manor and everything that was going on there and whatnot. Um, and you find out you're... In Resident Evil 2, you find out your police chief was on the take with the corporation. Mm-hmm. So he's corrupt and a piece of shit. Right. And so he decides to let you go. So you're just like, well, fuck it then. I'm getting the fuck out of Raccoon City because I'm not sticking around. Because you see the influenza shit starting to happen and you go, I know what the fuck this is. No one's going to listen to me. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs> and so you... Try to bounce uh, at, the be- at the beginning of the game. You're like a day away from leaving or something like that. And that's when the huge outbreak, like the actual like zombie infestation happens in Raccoon City. Okay. Um, one of the other surviving members, uh, Brad, who was the helicopter pilot, calls you and says, 
you need to get the fuck out of you need to get the fuck out of town now. I'm doing my best to leave. We need to go. Shit has hit the fan. And as you're talking to him on the phone, you, the wall to your apartment just explodes, and another bioweapon creature called the Nemesis, which is again just like seven feet fucking tall, broad shoulder, just a massive thing. Um, his face is like stitched along the side here, like it was like flesh put back together. He has no skin around his nose and mouth so it's just like an open bare teeth uh-huh. looking thing yeah and again sort of like mr x you cannot kill it but similar to the creature that william birkin turns into every time you do defeat it it grows back bigger and stronger mm. and meaner so it's this ever evolving ever changing thing that is specifically there to um um mr x was there just to sort of like cause destruction on whoever and kill whoever he could to collect combat data on what it can do Nemesis is there specifically to kill the remaining members of Stars. Mm. So it's there to go after Jill Valentine and Brad Vickers and anybody else who was left over from that team. Hence Nemesis. Hence Nemesis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for three, especially in the remake, it is it is a much more it's a much more straightforward, I say, um, third person shooter. Whereas um Resident Evil 2 is still very much trying to follow like that sort of like um, yeah, it's a shooter, but it's still a lot of puzzle mechanics. It's still a lot of, like, going back and forth, trying to figure a bunch of shit out. And there's a little bit of that in 3, but it kind of flows a little bit more like an arcade shooter, I'd say. Um, it's a little bit more oriented on giving the player a bit more control over what's happening in the scenes. And it's a lot more focused on, like, no, there are sections where it is just going to be you shooting zombie after zombie after zombie. And you are just killing zombies until you get out of this zone, basically. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> which some people didn't like. I kind of like the balance there of being like, look, this one is more survival horror. This one is as well, but it's a little more focused on like the actual like enjoyment of gameplay. Because like I think my personal opinion is that the remakes for Resident Evil are sort of the testing grounds for what's going to work for the next like title that they make. Because mm. like the best example I could say is that like for um, Mr. X, that, that, that mechanic of being able to follow you and go wherever you want, they use that in Resident Evil Village with Lady Dimitrescu. Right. who, while you're in her section, wherever you go, she could find you and follow you and shit like that. Um, so I think that's like the remakes right now are kind of like testing grounds for what they could use mm. later on down the line. Um, but yeah, you're running around as Jill, basically, essentially just trying to survive, and you find yourself working with a guy named Carlos who is a part of like, essentially like a biohazard security team for Umbrella. But he's he's sort of a contract, like out of, co- like out of Umbrella sort of hired mercenary that got hired into the team. So he doesn't know, like, overall how bad she... He was a dude who took a job, basically. So he doesn't know how terrible Umbrella is. He thinks that there was, like, a weird outbreak. He doesn't know what's happening. But Umbrella sent him in as a part of a team to get as many survivors out of the city as possible. So Jill starts yelling at him, basically going, like, you work for a fucked up corporation. They did all this shit. And he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know what is, I don't know what any of this means. What the fuck is a T-virus? Like, and he's just lost and confused. Uh-huh. And you do also bounce back and forth at certain points of the game between the two of them, um, which is really, really cool. Because um, Carlos is a great character as well. Really, really cool, interesting characters in a lot of the Resident Evil stuff. Some are generic, like, I know Chris is a fan favorite, but he's generic fucking white guy. There's a lot more interesting stuff happening with Jill and like guys like Carlos and Leon, in my opinion. Um, but um, as a part of his team is another guy named Nikolai, who is sort of just like a shady Russian dude at the beginning, and you're like, well, this guy's just sort of like, you know, um, out for his own survival, trying to take care of himself. Like, oh, I don't give a fuck who lives, who dies, as long as I make it out. Um, turns out, also espionage from, I think, if I'm trying to, no, no, he's he, he's he's also there on behalf of Umbrella to collect data and research and get as much stuff out as he can, but. Just like Wesker and the other one, he's also planning on taking that data and selling it to somebody else. Okay. And as part of the game, you develop an actual vaccine because um, you manage to – it's Jill or Carlos, one of the two, manages to get in contact with uh, the government uh, who, again, are planning on just fucking bombing the city and destroying it. Um, but you say, there's still people here. We have data here. We can make a vaccine for this virus. And they say, if you could get a vaccine out – we won't bomb the city. One of the last things that, that, that happens is that Nikolai destroys the vaccine that you create oh. in front of you. Oh. 
Because he's because he's just like, I don't need that shit. That's not going to help me. Over that doesn't that. help me. That, yeah. It doesn't help me. So why the fuck would I want that out? And destroys it in front of you. So then it's like the last moment is you getting in a chopper and leaving the city in order to make right your... Right before it gets blown up. Right before it gets blown up because, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, slight difference. You do not blow... Uh, you do kill the nemesis. Okay. Towards the end of the game. Um, not with a rocket launcher. You pull out this giant fucking like rail gun that shoots huge beams of electricity straight at things and you shove it into its mouth and watch it just go boom it is a great it is a great final killing blow for a villain in the game Mm. it is awesome Mm -hmm. it is very very satisfying um and yeah you leave the city blows up and you vow to destroy uh umbrella and take them down and expose them for their evil secrets as it is in pretty much every single fucking resident evil game cool so that's the first three that is well. That, that those are the <laughs> <laughs> the first three main storyline games. Yes. Well, and here's again. Here's where it gets muddled because there's also Resident Evil Zero that takes place before the events that happen in Resident Evil One, where you follow the events of uh, Rebecca Chambers, who's a member of the Bravo team that first went to Darkland Mountains, and you follow what happened with her before. That's true. I, I know. It's I, I told no, you already. Fine. It's already incredibly fucking It's not that bad. It's not that Zelda did that. <laughs> yeah, so far not that bad. Like, it's so far it's not, not needlessly complicated. It doesn't no. get really, really weird until you get to the stuff that has to go back to, like, what happened mm. in the 60s with the original founders of Umbrella. So there's, That's where there's, it gets there's really There's Resident Evil Zero and there's Resident Evil Negative One is what you're Pretty saying. Pretty much. Yeah. St- there is stuff that you find out in Village that just came out like what, maybe a year and a half ago or something yeah. like that? That predates the shit that happened of what I just talked about. Wow. <laughs> it gets so fucking, it's so, I love these games. I absolutely fucking love Resident these games. Resident Evil Negative Pie. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that it's like it, it does it does that thing that I love and I don't love, where it's just kind of like there's more background that you find into it, and at a certain point, it does get into. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so sorry. It does start to get into that territory of like, all right, some of this is really really cool and interesting. Some of this is like the definition of gilding the fucking lily, and like mm. we don't need it. Uh-huh. We don't need all this here. Like you get into st- like I know it's a fan favorite, but when you get into stuff like Code Veronica and like the cloning that happens, it's like yes, we need to introduce cloning into all of this as well. Just just like <laughs> on the, top of everything, you know the, the the waters were already fucking muddy as is. Do we need to make it murkier? <laughs> right, right. Um, but I don't know if we, this is where we want to sort of like stop for part one. I think I, I, th- I think, I think we we're about there on time. <laughs> um, so we'll probably do we'll probably do like another filthy casuals for our next episode. Yeah, yeah. But and then, then we'll come but, back. For but more. then come back to that, and I cannot wait to come back for more because then yeah. we get to go into literally what is my personal favorite of the Resident Evil franchise, and what is commonly referred to as one of the best Resident Evil games that's ever been made. Also, just got announced they are giving it the full remaster remake for it is resident evil 4 this is where like what i talked about for the remakes for two and three where it goes into that it goes away from the tank mechanics into that third person over the shoulder mechanics it originally in release of actual games resident evil 4 was the first one to do that okay to completely switch like the mechanics for the game and go Mm -hmm. like we're no longer tank controls we're no longer on a rail you are you are in a third person environment, and that is how you have to get get through the game. And it's a return of a fan favorite, Leon Kennedy from Two, into the series as well, nice. and sort of starts the departure from relying very very heavily on all the events that happened in One and Two, mm-hmm. and it sort of starts a path where we can start to see like a very very interesting direction that Resident Evil starts to go into, and then decides that they don't want to do that, and then they go back, and that's where shit gets fucking messy again. Mm. It's really weird. Like, everybody loved... It's so weird. Just to go into it a little bit at the end here. Every, literally everybody loved Resident Evil 4. There's not... As long as you're a fan of the series, there's nobody... I, I've not talked to anybody who thinks that Resident Evil 4 is not a good game. It's mm-hmm. And it's just a great game in general. Outside of the franchise, it was the first Resident Evil game I ever played. Without knowing the plot of anything else going mm-hmm. on Resident Evil. And it's still one of my favorite games. Nice. Um, but for some reason, like, right after that, they took, like, all the wrong lessons. Everything got very action-y. They, uh, by the time you get to 6, they go back to the original, like, zombie shit and whatnot. And just, like, 4 took a very deep departure away from, like, the original, like, zombie shit and bioweapon terrorism stuff. Mm-hmm. And took a different direction to it. And it was really, really interesting to see it shift gears but work really, really well. 
And so, and so to watch it sort of like try to like deviate and go back to it was a little bit of a bummer. But then when we get to Biohazard and then Village, in my opinion, they course correct again and go like, okay, what is it that makes Resident Evil good? It's how terrifying it is. It's the monsters we create. Mm -hmm. And it is, you know, the fun, sort of the fun of a needlessly complicated story. (laughs) Like as much as we talk shit about all the time, it's like, I love how needlessly complex Kingdom Hearts is. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't need to be. Like, the plot doesn't need to be that complicated. Right. But part of me loves it. Right. Like, part of me appreciates that you were bold enough to be like, nah, nah, we're going to have a bunch of unnecessary shit that doesn't matter. And that's part of the fun for Resident Evil. It's like, mm-hmm. we don't need to go back to the 60s to explain some of this stuff. Like, we were all cool with zombies and a virus. Like, right. we were all right. good. It you was know what fine. I mean? But, like, <laughs> fuck it. Why not? <laughs> It has its or the virus has its origins in Africa and also somewhere in the middle of Europe. It's you know just why not? <laughs> it's just fucking why not? Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is part one of nice. this far the Resident Evil timeline. I'm sure I fucked a lot of stuff up. People will definitely tell <laughs> Look me at the fact checkers where I fucked up. I did my best. I have notes. I have a bunch of notes, but I was just like I wanted to challenge myself and, and say like, can I get through at least a couple games without constantly mm-hmm. referencing my notes and looking at stuff? And I think. Okay. Well, I can't correct you. (laughs) It's true. It's the perfect thing. So you did perfectly, man. And it's crazy when the elephants come in. (laughs) I would believe. (laughs) Oh my god! No, there is a game where you fight a zombie elephant. (laughs) All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first part of our breakdown of the timeline of Resident Evil. What are some of your favorite moments from the RE series, if you like it? Or also, what's just some of the weirdest crap that you enjoy about <laughs> the game as well? Please let us know. As always, if you have any ideas for future topics that we can discuss on the show, you can send us an email at 3vopodcastteam at gmail.com and you can give us your ideas. You can also follow us everywhere at 3VO Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're everywhere. So go follow us. And as always, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe to the show. It really does make a difference, and we really do appreciate it. Until next time, bye.